week one is in the books in the National Football League and in the Legend of Boom Fantasy Football League. And, I mean, there was a lot of shit going on. I mean, obviously in both. The week finished last night with that insane Ravens and Raiders game. I think that's two weeks in a row I've absolutely just buried BG right off the hop of the fucking show. So I got to stop with that. But, honestly, like, that game was nuts. And in terms of fantasy-wise, you know, besides the trades that went through, like, after this week, and obviously there was the first waiver wire, it wasn't that much that went on, but we almost, I almost lost Judy, and his ankle was hanging by a thread, and I don't know, the whole nine. It was a crazy week. Um, but this next upcoming week's definitely looking to be shaping up for something different as well. I mean, we got the Fleming Bowl, the, uh, you know, the rematch of last year's finals. And uh, there's been a lot of historic Fleming Bowls. It's, I don't know what one this is, but, you know, we should actually, I'm going to maybe go back to every single year and I'm going to make a tally of the Fleming Bowls. I'm going to do that. And I'll actually have that ready for you guys sometime next week. And I'll, and I'll update it after the score this week because I actually want to see that and keep track of that shit because that's pretty fucking cool. Um, besides that, though, fellas, little shout out to Raheem Mostert. I mean, we all knew I. You don't ever fucking wish that on anybody, but it's just like one of those guys where like you, it's not a matter of if, it's when. Uh, I think everybody in fantasy community said that. Um, you would definitely like it to be a little later than the second quarter of the season, though. And obviously, he came out today and said it's season ending which is unfortunate for the guy. Like, you just have to feel bad for him. And uh, at this rate, I, uh, I mean, I don't do what you love in life, but I don't know if I would keep coming back to the game if my knees were like that. But, hey, that's what he wants. That's what he's going to get, I guess, because I guess the Niners are interested in bringing him back. I don't see – I guess we'll see how, you know, Sermon and everyone else steps in in the meantime. But, fuck, poor Raheem, man. That's just tough to think about. Oh. So we're going to hop right into my predictions for the upcoming week. And I mean, uh, not to toot my own horn or anything, but I went two and four last week. Yeah, it was absolutely a disaster and I'm an idiot. And I'm not going to get too much in depth of it because I don't want to beat myself up. There were a lot of tough choices out there, but still, two and four is not acceptable on my behalf. So yeah, not cool. But that also shows to you guys not to take too much into account when I make these decisions, right? Because, I mean, fuck. Like, I'm one guy in the league. There's, like, fucking ten others you could ask. So, I mean. And I'm including yourself. I'm not bad at math, right? You can't ask yourself. And if you ask me, that's two people in the league right there. So, ten others. It makes sense. I'm not stupid. I am in terms of predicting fantasy fucking games. But other than that, nah. Anyways, we're going to get right into it this week, and we have a fucking heavyweight tilt off the bat, and it's fucking going to be tough for the Piss Cats to go back-to-back weeks without shitting the bed. I mean, it's in our blood. It's partially the way half these people get on the team is, you know, being being inconsistent. It's the Piss Cat way. But, um, no, I'm not going to get too in-depth of it. I think it's actually going to be a good game, though. It's going to be a fucking good one, I hope. I mean, you know, hopefully everyone stays healthy and whatnot. But me being honest with myself, if I'm looking straight up and down the board, I think next team is better than mine. So in terms of this two really good teams, I think next team is better. So 
I give Knack the advantage on this one. I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win. I think the Cats are going to be even again. Hey, we were we were 0-0 last week. We know what it's like to be even, all right? So, fuck. Uh, Furley and BG is the next one on the list. And, I mean, Brody absolutely had a great first week. I mean, you have to love what you saw from some of the guys that there were question marks about, like <clears throat> Jamar. And listen, here's the thing. I'm not going to be hard on Jamar. I mean, everyone knows Jamar Chase was a baller, but there were absolutely rights of uh, skepticism with him because like man after that quote about the footballs I I was actually like kind of a little concerned I'll be honest I was like okay I've never really heard anything like that he came out and said it was a burger but like even like still it's even like I don't know if they twisted his words but I don't know even mentioning that kind of thing in general is just no, like, you can catch a football no matter the fucking size. Um, but, and then Joe Burrow came out and said, I thought he was dropping everything. I love you, Joey B. But there's quite literally an entire, like, like preseason tape of him just dropping balls. So, like, yeah, he was dropping everything, most certainly. But, hey, if he's catching it in the regular season, that's all that matters, right? But um, I definitely think in terms of season-long value, Jamar Chase is safe. He seems to have Burrow's trust. I mean, I'm not too worried about what happened to Boyd last week. I'll get into that a little later. But I think that in terms of target share, you can definitely see Jamar Chase probably. I mean, after last week, that was kind of big to see. So, I mean, I know Brashad Breland is toast on that long touchdown. But still, you know, it's what you ideally wanted to see if you were a Jamar Chase owner. Uh, Getting back into the actual track of the game, though, I think it's actually going to be like a pretty heavyweight tilt. I'm not going to lie. I think, honestly, there's a little bit of a chance that I think Brody will throw Kenny Gainwell in there. I think there's a chance of it, and I think that'll actually be a pretty good play. I love what I saw from Kenny, even against San Fran. I think, like, they have a game plan for Kenny Gainwell. Like, it's not like this guy's coming in, like, you know, like, it seems like this guy's actually, you know, coming in for plays that are specified for Kenny Gainwell. Like, he has a role in this offense. I mean, that's at least what I saw from the why I had it on in the background of the game and whenever Kenny Kenny G's in the game you're like man you know what I mean like you could see him making plays I actually think that's going to turn out pretty decent for BG even if it's like he considered it his fourth running back right so nothing wrong with that as a flex but in terms of coming down to this game I mean there's some things I'm a little scared of uh with Iuke and I mean I do think Mahomes can actually have a big game this week I was wrong last week when I said you know he was not going to perform very well against Cleveland, obviously. That was, I was, I got, I was wrong. I said the Cleveland and KC game was going to be low scoring. And I said that the Buffalo and Steelers game was going to be a shootout. And it was, you know, pretty much not right in both instances. So once again, don't listen to me. I'm pretty fucking stupid. But anyways, comes to this week, man. I do think that there's going to be like good matchups on both sides. Like I said, Mahomes and Baltimore should he, he's projected 51 points, so I mean, like, it, it makes sense. But honestly, though, I think I'm going to give it to BG because I think I just honestly like his running backs more. And I do honestly think that these are two running backs, like, a heavyweight tilt in terms of that. And I do think it's going to come down to Kareem Hunt versus Chubb. But both those guys, I think, could be in for a big day because I, I, even though Houston played good, I still think Cleveland is going to run them over. So... I don't know. I kind of lean BG, like I just me personally looking at this, but he also doesn't have the safety, and I'm not really looking at projection, but 
I was going to say, it looks a little weird why he's low. But, yeah, I don't know. I think I like that. That's, I'm going to go with BG, actually. Huh, fuck, who knows? I'm 2-4 and four last week, so I make it worse. Oh, I'm just beating up. I'm, that wasn't even a diss, though, on BG, I swear. And next we have Rich versus Moose. I mean, honestly, this is a game that's going under the radar in terms of how close it's going to be. I look at just the makeup of the teams and even... I'm going to say it up the hop. Moose even told me this one. He's not going to listen to the fucking podcast because he doesn't want to see the, the backlash against A-Rod. Man, listen, I'm not just saying this because Denver's probably getting A-Rod in the summer. I'm saying this because I truly believe it. I am not concerned in the fucking slightest about what happened on Sunday. It was, it was a travesty, and I don't know how else to put it, but... Going forward against Detroit, I mean, I would not be concerned, man. I mean, it's A-Rod. I've never seen that guy put two horrid back-to-back games together. No way that guy's going to fucking go back out there and just shit the bed, right? I don't know. I think you can... I I wouldn't expect it anyways. Um, And I think, like, what is a little slightly... I didn't really pay attention much to the game when the starters got pulled. So maybe AJ Dillon, I don't know. This could be an extremely poor take if not. Yeah. I guess he, AJ Dillon was kind of like thrown to the wolves when the rest of the offense had ditched the field in the fourth. So I guess it makes, I don't know. But you would have definitely liked to see a little more out of him. But I don't know. This this just looks like it's going to be a close matchup down the line. But. I'm going to slightly lean Moose because I'm thinking it's going to be a big bounce back for the Packers this week. And I still think Moose was somewhat respectable for having like his three like top players pretty much almost being like duds. So, I mean, yeah, I guess that's the risk you run if the offense has a bad day and you literally have all the best players on that offense. But I say they bounce back against Detroit and it'll be enough to help Moose win. Let's roll with that. Next, we got Trino Babino versus Clark. Um... As of right now, in terms of power rankings, it's tough to rank Trunks because he has one QB. I know he's going to make a deal eventually, but as of right now, he hasn't. But he's definitely not going to roll into week two without a QB. It just depends. Let's see what he has to give up and whatnot before I rank him and whatnot. But I think that in terms of this game, like it was just a rough week one for Clark. I mean, you obviously, if you're him, you wanted to see more out of some of these players. And I mean... I really just don't think there's a possible way you can roll back with Russell Gage. I think that second flex needs to be... Okay, what happened with Gusecki, man? What the hell is going on here? That kind of went under the radar, I figure. (laughs) That guy was a piece of shit last week. But, I mean, there were actually some high points there, too, right? Godwin actually did look really good in that Thursday night opener. Um, but Henry kind of dicked the bed last week, like Matt Ryan did. Like, even Mike Davis started out hot, but he finished fucking slow. Like, damn. Yeah, I mean, in terms of that, like, I think Clark's team is just in a bit of a rut right now, and I think he there's just a couple maybe concerns on that lineup a little bit. Like, Russell Gage is obviously the big one right now for me, but I did not know Gusecki got absolutely shut down last week, so that's kind of tough. But he could easily bounce back. But I know Trunz is going to trade for another QB. Probably won't have to really touch his starting lineup in the process. He has a good depth, so I'm going to give this one to Trunz. And next, we'll roll into the Fleming Bowl. I'm going to get to it in poor Neller's case. I'm going to keep this short. We're going <laughs> to we're going to go with Ben and. Uh, 
Legro versus Sandy, the dog puckers, would be the next matchup. And honestly, like, I think Sandy's team is going to bounce back in terms of, like, how many points they put up. But, I mean, like, that Baltimore Ravens defense did not look ideal. And if the Raiders, you know, managed to put together, like, what happened, like, you know, I know it went to overtime, but Derek Carr still throwing over 400 yards is not ideal. This guy's got Tyreek Hill and, and, and Travis Kelsey on the same team, so that's just really fucking scary. Rojo is getting the start. He's out of Arians' doghouse. He's going to get the start. But in Bruce Arians' offense, getting the start and running back right now pretty much means like you could come in for the first few plays and then, you know, you, you, know, you vanish if you don't really perform. So um, at least it's good to know that he will be in the game, though. You know, he's not going to be sitting his ass on the bench for the entirety. And Devin Singletary looks good. You know what? I'm going to give this one to Leg. I think I think Leg is going to be able to grind and go 2-0 right there. I mean, early in the year, I'm a broken record because I say it's so hard to rank the teams. But after some things happen in the first couple of weeks, you know, it, it does get a little easier. It's still relatively tough in the middle this week. But I think it's kind of uh, top-end team and the low-end team. It's a little clear right now in terms... I mean, it's all luck relatively, but, you know, eh, in terms sometimes it could be involved with a couple of dumb picks in the draft, but you know what? Anyway, let's just get into it. Starting this week at number 12, making a drop from six last week, it's going to be Neller. I mean, man, I'm not going to bury the guy while he's down. I won't do it, man. I've been there. The cats have been there in the literal dumps. I've fucking been there, man. I had Cam Akers in the second round last year, and he was gone before he even fucking touched my lineup. And he got then I got him for Leonard Fournette, who, you know, was just a disaster in Tampa last year. I've been there where you mess up with your early picks. I know you really fucking wish you didn't go Zach Moss and fucking Mostert right now. But you know what? It happened. And um, I know you're a great fantasy manager deep down, owner to owner. I know you will find a way out of this rut. <laughs> you don't want to be in a toilet bowl. You don't want to be. You know, you made the finals last year. You don't want to bounce back with just a complete pisser of a season. You have decent pieces. You might have to give up a couple players you don't want to. But you're in a tough place right now, my man. So I wish you the best of luck. But I think you can get out of it. But moving on to 11, we have Clark. It's... Tough to see, obviously, Russell Gage in the lineup. And, obviously, Ruggs had one big catch. And, I mean, really, other than that, nothing big happened there. And, I mean, like, obviously, I just found out about Gusecki. I'll, I'll be honest. I made the power rankings before I even started, like, realized the Gusecki thing. But that is tough. I actually really was high on Gusecki this year. And I have a burp, like, coming out. So, that's why I kind of sound dumb. Yeah. That's problematic. But no harsh feelings on Clark. I think it was just a tough week for him last week in terms of points. And I wanted to see more out of certain players. Um, but, you know, literally, as you can see, Neller was in six last week and dropped six places this week. So you can literally bump up with a win next week. But see what happens out there. Next, we have Sandy. And this is mainly to me, I'm, I'm going to get into it more even later. But I'm scared of Saquon still, man. I'm just scared of him. And I think that, honestly, there's a lot of good, like, in Sandy's team. Obviously, the Julio performance not ideal, but Corey Davis looked really good. T. Higgins looked fine. 
Um, so I think like in terms of that, he's going to be okay. But like in terms of like your first round pick, Saquon, it's just a scary situation right now. So we're going to, I'm throwing him at 10. But then at number eight, he could definitely is going to be higher, but it doesn't, it's just tough to rank. Uh, he lost last week, despite his team playing really well. But I do have to leave trends at number eight. I mean, he has one quarterback right now. He's going to have to give up some of that depth for a QB. It won't hurt him that much, but he has one quarterback right now as I'm making this. So it's, and he has, he's 0-1. So there's some teams that are 1-0 and that kind of gives them a slight edge. But yeah, that's it right there. But now we have Ben at seven. And Benny, honestly, it wasn't the best performance for him in week one. Um, Derek Carr actually showed out though and kind of like saved him. Like it, it was a lot closer than I think it was. It looked like it was gonna be, but um, I think at the same time it was just like an odd week in terms of the Jaguars game and how that went with James Robinson and Eckler coming in to, with that injury. That injury news kind of came a little late. Uh, like it was like right in that first practice, so it was kind of unexpected. It wasn't really reported prior to that, so. A little confusing on what to expect going forward, but it was Washington, so I think Eckler is still going to be fine because he still scored a touchdown, still got some yards. Wouldn't really worry about that. But, I mean, obviously, you really want to see um, more going forward, I guess, from his flex because he really wants to fix the second flex in which it's Noah Fant right now, which isn't that bad, but it's more like, you know, you really don't want to have to rely on you know, Fant or A.J. Green or someone like that. You want to have, like, a reliable, like, entire starting lineup. So I think he'll be able to make a couple of deals and figure that out. But right now he's at seven. And then at six, I put leg. And, I mean, honest, no, man, I'm sorry, boys. I'm just, I think I'm really dumb. Yeah, so I, I actually did an extra number there. I don't have them numbered, right? It's just, like, labeled from <laughs> names on top of each other, so I messed that up. Neller is 12, Clark is 11, Sandy is 10, Trunz is 9, Ben is 8, and now we are on Legro at 7. I think the running backs were a little bit of um, a struggle to see. Uh, not the best game for Zeke, but I think when he had the ball, though, he looked good. Um like, he actually, like, looked like he was, like, slimmer. He looked like he was quicker on cuts and things like that. I'm not concerned about Zeke. And I know Lego is not going to be that type of manager to panic about Zeke week one. He's smarter than that. He'll hold on to him. Don't really think there's a buy-low window on Zeke if the guy's not going to move him. But um, I think that he, like, lucked out with that Tyson Williams. And now he's able to flip that into uh, Kenyon Drake and actually get somebody who he believes in to be more reliable. And Burrow looked good, Stafford looked good, and he has both those KC targets. I think Lego, um, he could actually, like, I know he stays healthy. Could be playoffs, as long as the running backs decently show up. I mean, maybe Michelle will start getting more involved as the season progresses, but that was not ideal at all, so I guess there. But at number six, we have Rich. And, I mean, Rich's team, Demont looked really good, and Joe Mixon looked really good. The only thing is, at RB3, but now, with the news of most it out for the rest of the year, you have to figure Sermon's going to have a role in that offense, and it's probably going to be a big one, right? I mean, whether or not he just maybe wasn't up to speed yet, and then maybe the offenses didn't think that. they went. Over. I don't know exactly what happened. But, I mean, for an RB3, you know, if it's any, if you have between him and A.J. Dillon, 
it's not the worst case in the world. You would want to see more from Dylan last week, but obviously we saw what happened there. I'm sure Rich is not really angry about the outcome of that game either. So, I mean, like, you have to honestly understand going forward that the receivers didn't look that bad. And, I mean, Darren Waller has proven to be just an elite fantasy threat. I mean, how many targets did he finish with yesterday? I mean, at one point he had 19 targets. So, yeah, he finished with 19 targets. That Man, that is absurd. That's just insane volume. Absolutely. But then at number five, we have BG. And I think that that trade that Brody made last week, I mean, AB did look really good. And obviously, Kamara played well, too. Obviously, like, not, like, the best. But he played. He still got you the points he needed. I mean, Kareem Hunt looked really good. Gibson looked fucking good, too. And... It wasn't even like the fact that the game wasn't really going their way. I'm pretty sure Gibson picked up an injury at some point, didn't he? Wasn't fucking... Oh, his shoulder is a full participant. Huh. I don't know if he got fucking, like, bumped out the game or whatnot, but, I mean, Javante Williams also actually looked pretty fucking solid. It wasn't anything to write home about, but I think just seeing how uh, he was involved in the offense is a pretty good sign. And honestly... Besides Elijah Moore, every other receiver fucking showed out. So, I mean, it was a really good showing for Brody, and Jalen Hurts also looked really good. I mean, for having a really tough bounce with fucking Dobbins, I think that's a really good way to bounce back. At number four, we put the Piss Cats, and we lost Gus, man. I put myself at two last week because I thought having those four running backs, like with Gus included, was just a really big advantage. But we just lost Gus. We lost Gallup to injury. And, I mean, it's still not a bad team on paper. Don't get me wrong. It's better than what we're usually fucking working with. But I do think that the three teams above me actually have more upside going forward. And actually, not to say that teams under me don't, but they also kind of have, I think, like a lot of fucking firepower. And on number three, I put Furley. And I know Furley did squeak out a win, and it would have been really close if Fitzpatrick played, but it's no discredit to him because he still put up 400, so it's not like his team didn't perform. Uh, Chopper Sanders and Melvin, actually, I mean, Melvin did break off that big run, but it's fantasy, man. <laughs> like, that kind of shit happens, you know what I mean? It's not like you can use that as, like, come on, you know, like, it happens. He did it last year, too, a few times, so, I mean, it happens, and I think that if Melvin can even, like, remotely stay at around 21 points a game, something like that, you're going to be happy. And I think that the Ayuk is not an entirety, like, of a, dis- like a concern. I think he was had a hammy injury, they're saying, and didn't want to fucking have him out there and, you know, hurt him. But, like, you're not going to fucking work a guy, I, like, literally... Yeah, see, he was fell down the depth chart due to injury and not performance. So I think, like, it definitely makes more sense to me now why he wasn't out there. I was concerned at first, because I know Shanny can be a little weird sometimes like that, but I wouldn't be that concerned going forward. And, I mean, obviously everywhere else, you know, it does still look good. Got hit with the Judy injury, which does suck, but it's still, like, a pretty fucking high-scoring team. The running backs are strong. I still like the flexes. I do think Gronk could actually dip down. I think we may have already seen the best of Gronk this season in terms of points. But I could be wrong there. At two, I put Moose. And Moose is actually, like I think, the only person who lost that actually like jumped up a lot. And, I mean, mainly for me, that's just like the Elijah Mitchell pickup. And I think 
I'm obviously not concerned about what happened in Green Bay. I can still look at all those players the exact same as I did before the game. And Elijah Mitchell looked fucking real good when he had the ball, which is not good for me. I had hasty, man. I fucking wanted the guy to be gross. But Elijah Mitchell, and I'm going to give full credit to Moose, man. I was on fucking Xbox with the guy talking to him, and he literally said to me, like, he was doing research, and he found a couple guys he liked. And Elijah Mitchell was one of them. And to me, I kind of just scuffed in my head like a, whatever, you know, just another random guy you can take a shot on. But listen, man, it worked. And now I think that really makes this team look nice because having Jamal Williams at flex, I'm sorry, I'm a Swift owner, but I will admit like, that is actually like sweaty. Like that is a really, really good flex. And I'm not worried about the receivers. Mike Williams actually looked really good too. So I'm pretty confident with Moose being number two. I actually really like his team top to bottom. But number one, again, we are going to roll with Knack. He's back. He'll yak. Yeah. It is time for well shit. Um, I already have fucking erased my well shit from last week. I think I had Judy on well, and he snapped his ankle in half, so that is a mess. Um, on the shits, I put Robert Tunyon on my squad, and I called it. I had fucking Gooser out of me. And I'm trying to remember the other ones. Curtis Samuel was another one, and he actually didn't end up playing. He literally went on IR, I think, like, the next day. So, yeah. Um, who was? Had to have been another one, right? I can't remember, boys. I'm sorry. Can't put my finger on it. And I can't remember the other wells, either. Fucking ganja's getting in my memory, man. It's terrible. Anyway, we're going to go this week on to well shit. And I'm going to start off with a well with Tyler Boyd. Um, I'm not at all worried about... I do think, like, Jamar Chase is going to get more targets going forward. And it's not going to be the best. But I still think that Tyler Boyd is absolutely fantasy relevant going forward. Especially in our league. Like, it's easily viable to have him as a flex or a wide receiver three i don't have a problem with it i think he's gonna have a bounce back game i honestly am not like entirely worried about the bengals offense as a whole anymore either just seeing how good burrow looked out there so i mean chicago's defense also literally looked like a pile of piss last week like i don't know what was happening with half of those fucking touchdowns man like cooper cup like was there anybody even within like that guy's like 40 meter radius of him like I don't even know like that was just tough to see but I, I think Boyd can bounce back this week next another bounce back I'm going with Mark Andrews kind of choked it a little bit for Trinkler there last night and I mean you honestly expect more than seven points out of Mark Andrews he's I in my opinion a top five tight end in fantasy so I think that he's playing Kansas City they are 28th ranked against the tight end and I mean that'll obviously be because they had a tough week last week against David and Joku and I think Hooper got a little bit of work, too. I'm not entirely concerned because Tyron Matthew will be back. Figure he plays an important role in covering tight ends at times. So I do think that will actually kind of hurt a little bit, but not like that much. I think that Mark Andrews, for the most part, should have a bounce-back game in what I figure to be a pretty high-scoring game. Kansas City is going to be going down and keep scoring on Baltimore Uh going to come to a point where they're going to have to just start throwing the ball so i mean we'll see what happens i i definitely think he'll bounce back and another well man i'm going with it listen as a fan i can admit i was wrong i was wrong i wanted drew lock to win the quarterback competition because i thought his ceiling was higher i don't think we will see a lot of what we wouldn't see what um how do i put this what teddy did like 
on Sunday, you wouldn't see Drew do that a lot. He's too inconsistent, and that would be his high point. I think that's honestly just going to be an average game for Teddy this year. Like, from what I saw, like, it was – I don't mean to just say because he's Broncos quarterback, but it's, I can see why he won the job. His footwork in the pocket is just, like, nuts. <laughs> I honestly think he was going to play unreal again this week. The Jaguars look like a complete mess under Urban Meyer. The guy, I think, is going to be a literal bust of a coach in the fucking NFL. He's not even showing up to the meetings this week to for any interviews or anything. I don't know. Like I thought there was some sort of uh, rule where you had, where the coach had to do press conference meetings before the games, but Urban Meyer's not being made available to Broncos media before the game. I find weird. I've never really seen a coach do that before. So, I don't know. I guess, like, or not Broncos media, but like he's, uh, what do you call it? Media for the Jags. And there will be no like interviews or whatever. So I think that's weird. I've never really seen that. Don't know if the guy's just embarrassed about the Texans fucking blowing them out. But I think Teddy's going to have a good week against them again. Pretty confident in it too. Shit. This is going to be going at knack. I mean, man. Legro said it. I'm going to say it. There are literally better tight end options on free agency than what you're rolling with right now. I literally said last week I commend you for getting, or two weeks ago, I commend you for getting Blake Jarwin late and not having to draft a tight end. But looking at some of the tight ends that have also been into FA, there's better options. And I dare you to play Blake Jarwin against me this week. I dare you, man. It's just a complete mistake, and I'm giving you a fair warning. But go for it if you want. I, I dare you. Next, we got Saquon. And I'm sorry, man. I love Saquon so much, Adam. I do. But, man. Until I see him pop off, I will not believe he's back. Until I see a game where he literally goes nuts and he looks like old Saquon, I will not believe he's the old Saquon. I didn't see it last week. And they're still working him back slow, and it's just not progressing as I would have hoped if I were a Saquon owner. I would have hoped he were actually 100%. Like with how his injury happened so early in the year. But, man, I don't know. That's me. Until I see Saquon, and he's playing Washington's front seven, which is just absolutely absurd. Like, their D-line alone is absurd, but their linebackers are all so underrated. Like, Jamin Davis is out there flying in that Chargers game. That guy's so fast for a linebacker. But um, Saquon is actually, I think, still extremely talented. But until I see the fucking game where he goes and pops off, uh, this guy's an RB3 to me, I think, because I'm just too concerned about it. I'm too concerned, I'm, and I love him, so. Ah. And my next shit, sorry, Nelson, it's Zach Moss, because I think he's fighting for, you know, an ability to be suited up next week. And I think if he doesn't suit up, that's not going to be good for fantasy. And honestly, if he does suit up, fuck, who knows at this rate. But he was, uh, what, third or fourth round pick in the draft, so hopefully he can live up to his name a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean... He's he's literally projected to have a gooser right now, so that is very unfortunate. But that's going to wrap it up. I got trends out here messaging me. Let's go. The guy wants to play some 2K, so damn, just harassing me. I'm going to have to leave it at that, though. I mean, that's pretty good timing, Trunk. You're pretty lucky. We are going to leave it at that. I mean, next week, we are hoping to bounce back in our predictions. I am actually, like, embarrassed to go 2-4. and four. I think that's just, like, not good. So, we'll hope the Piss Cats actually don't go evil, and we go 2-0. and And, you know, we'll hope Neller can actually find, you know, more than uh, two running backs. And that's even if you're counting Najee as one of them. 